today because Chris has died. We are here today because Chris has died. We are here to remember him before God and to give thanks for his life of 83 years. We are here to express our sorrow, a grief which hurts. Each of us knew Chris and had a unique relationship with him. Some of us are family, some involved in human-powered flight, some in community organization, some in peace movements, especially against the arms trade, and some were neighbors. And there was one who was due to come but phoned me her apology yesterday, who worked with Chris in supplying ice cream to visitors on hot days. How welcome that would be today. We are here to listen to words from the Bible and in them to find comfort and hope. Chris was made in the image of God and was baptized into the Christian family of faith. Every moment of his life, he was a dearly loved child of God. His death does not alter God's love for him. He bears Christ's name and is lovely in the eyes of God who created him. The Apostle Paul says, as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, God has prepared for those who love him. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer holding people's misdeeds against them, and he has entrusted us with the message of reconciliation. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Let us pray. God who gave us birth, you are ever more ready to hear than we are to pray. You know our needs before we ask and our ignorance in asking. Show us now your grace that as we face the mystery of death, we may see the light of eternity. Speak to us now once more your joyful message of life and of death overcome. Help us to live as those who are prepared to die, and when our days here are ended, enable us to die as those who go forward and live, so that, living or dying, our life may be in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Three weeks ago I said the words beginning our father with Chris. And I noticed as he said them and I said them, he was using different words. And so I've adapted to a modern wording and it's not the debts for trespasses swap that is normally done in this church on a Sunday, uh, but rather the words which are on the service paper. As we say the Lord's Prayer, we are drawn closer to Jesus' conception of heaven 
and earth on earth as in heaven and as we stand at the boundary of life and death perhaps at no time drawn closer to the mind and heart of Jesus to his father and ours let us say together our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us today our daily bread forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil for the kingdom the power and the glory are yours now and forever amen Trust in God, God's leading and providence, above all God's nearness in trouble and provision against besetting evils is expressed in the shepherd boy David's psalm, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. times of loss God's people have always drawn strength from the promises of God in the Bible let us now listen for God's word of life as the scriptures are read to us the truth is Christ was raised to life 
the first fruits of the harvest of the dead. But, you may ask, how are the dead raised? In what kind of body? Oh, what stupid questions. The seed you sow does not come to life unless it has first died. And what you sow is not the body that shall be, but a bare grain of wheat, perhaps, or something else. And God gives it the body of his choice, each seed its own particular body. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown as a perishable thing is raised imperishable, sown in humiliation. It is raised in glory, sown in weakness. It is raised in power, sown a physical body. It is raised a spiritual body. What I mean, my friends, is this. Flesh and blood can never possess the kingdom of God. The perishable cannot possess the imperishable. Listen, I will unfold a mystery. We shall not all die, but we shall all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet call. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will rise imperishable, and we shall be changed this perishable body must be clothed with the imperishable and what is mortal with immortality. And when this perishable body has been clothed with the imperishable and our mortality has been clothed with immortality, then the saying of scripture will come true. Death is swallowed up. Victory is ours. Victory is won. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Therefore, my friends, stand firm and immovable and work for the Lord always. Work without limit, since you know that in the Lord your labour cannot be lost. Our second reading is from the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and tells them, You have learned what our forefathers were told, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but what I tell you is this. Do not set yourself against the man who wrongs you. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, Turn and offer him your left. If a man wants to sue you for your shirt, let him have your coat as well. If a man in authority makes you go one mile, go with him too. Give when you are asked to give, and do not turn your back on a man who wants to borrow. You have learned what they were told, Love your neighbour, hate your enemy. But what I tell you is this. Love your enemies and pray for your persecutors. Only so can, your children, can you be children of your heavenly Father, who makes the sun rise on the good and the bad alike and sends the rain on the honest and the dishonest. 
If you love only those who love you, what reward can you expect? Surely the tax gatherers do as much as that. And if you greet only your brothers, what is there extraordinary about that? Even the heathen do as much. You must therefore be all goodness, just as your heavenly Father is all good. As you can see from the order of service, my name is Margaret, and I am Chris's sister, or as we called him when we were younger, William. Well, all through his life, actually, we all called him William. And I have a special reason to be thankful for his life. Over 20 years ago, I was diagnosed with a blood cancer. And after two years of treatment and different procedures, the medical team pronounced that what I needed was a bone marrow transplant. For that to be successful, one needs a willing donor. And what's crucially important, one with matching bone marrow. Well, of course, Chris William was that man. His bone marrow was an exact match. And he enthusiastically embraced the challenge and at King's College Hospital underwent the necessary preparation and ultimately the procedure of donating the stem cells from his bone marrow. While that was happening, I was in King's as my diseased cells were being destroyed and being prepared to receive the healthy, vibrant cells from Chris. All went well. The medical team were great, and after a fair while recovering, I was able gradually to pick up my life again. Since then, I've been able to spend more time with William and be involved with his construction of his beloved human-powered hovercraft, Steamboat Willie. And I've actually pedalled it and got it airborne. So for all you have done, thank you, William, and may you rest in peace. Our brother, whom I knew as William too, was important to me first in childhood Manchester when he led me through the ruins of bombed buildings to find shortcuts on the way to school. Interested as well as frightened by the aeroplanes which had dominated our skies, and damaged our city. He was fascinated by flight, the machines, and the science that made it possible. Apprenticeship to aeronautical engineering was an obvious route to follow, though an unfamiliar one to us, a family of teachers and preachers. He showed his individualism, his determination, his single-mindedness, which some might call doggedness, pursuing his projects. He was a one-off, though from a large family, something of a loner, you might say. He paddled his own canoe. He did. Boyhood was spent in Reading, where he had to cross the River Thames each day to go to school. He set about constructing his own canoe, wooden frame and canvas cover, and in a second canoe he built, he crossed the English Channel on his own almost in secret until he phoned our mother from Calais. Completing his training at Northampton Polytechnic, now City University of London, Chris worked for a while in aircraft manufacture but became increasingly absorbed by his own project to test materials, assess human energy output, 
apply aerodynamics and adapt transmission to enable a human being to take off into flight through the air. It was too much for one person to do. And Chris didn't find it easy to unite his efforts with others. He suffered mental health problems and may have set fire to his own product. Certainly it was seriously damaged by fire and beyond that stage Chris couldn't carry the project forward to completion on his own. He had two admissions to psychiatric hospital and time in therapeutic communities. An RAF apprentice school took it on and in June 1972 I saw Jupiter fly a kilometre the graceful wide wings and silent propeller gave the impression of a seabird gliding. I see his breakdown as a conversion experience. He came out of it a substantially different person, committed to ethical aims, peace, forgiveness and reconciliation, opposing use of personal or military force, a vegetarian, local community activist here in Covent Garden area, green issues. A visit to the Corrymeela community in Northern Ireland seems to have been associated with his determined opposition to British military involvement there. Minor convictions for leaflet distribution were followed by a high-profile conspiracy trial at the Old Bailey, ending with not guilty verdicts for all accused, of which I think at least one are here, is here today. In the search for ways out of mental trouble, he pursued various solutions and found considerable relief. I've discovered records of his voluntary work with Phobics Trust some of you will have observed habits of verifying, checking, looking back to see nothing of value has been left behind. Those of you who knew him in various causes, campaigning against arms trade, retaining little garden spaces in Covent Garden, supporting continued work on human-powered transport, will know how precise and even demanding he could be in applying his principles and often insisting he was right and he wanted you to know why. He did a lot of hard thinking, not least on Jesus' teaching about turning the other cheek, going the second mile, giving at the point of need, being a generous lender, he was no fool, but he took care to apply these instructions thoroughly. We could have read the whole three chapters of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and it would not have been inappropriate this morning. My brother wrestled with these counsels as much as I do, as much as our preacher dad did. And in his way he was a follower of Jesus. He owned the name of Christian. 
born on a Good Friday. He never forgot that his first name meant Christ-bearer and sought in his way to bear and to do Christ's will. The prayer of Jesus, which we said together, part of our spirituality, starts by viewing the world from God's viewpoint. A commitment to God's kingdom coming on earth, as in heaven. And yet, a practical prayer, a pledge as well as a plea, expressed by true Christian concern for other people's bread as well as our own. Reconciliation, the heart of forgiveness of our offences, implying forgiveness of others who offend us. Repurposing swords into plowshares, rescue from evil and temptation and keeping no count of wrongs. Peace, forbearance, generosity in mutual love and care. That whole prayer pledge centred on God's kingship, making earth the same as heaven, not by compulsion, but by willing hearts and open hands that never give up, never despair. When Chris had a goal in mind, he couldn't be deflected. However others mocked, he persevered, and his plane did fly by application of human energy alone. Though he needed companions, he needed a very good light pilot to fly it. He encouraged others to do better than he had. Though proud of his own achievement, he never abandoned the human-powered flight project, nor the community who were engaged in it. But he knew it was a side interest and not the main thing about life.
Let us pray. Creator God, Lord of life and conqueror of death, our hearts are grieving because Chris, whom we love and respect, has died. His death reminds us that our lives are brief and will one day come to an end too. As we stand on the boundary between life and death, we praise you for your precious gift of life, for giving Chris to be with us, and for the journey which we have shared with him on earth. Help us to release him as he journeys on, confident that death is not an abyss of destruction, but a crossing over into a new and richer experience of your love and grace. In the midst of our grief and loss, give us the peace of Christ who passed through the deep waters of death for us all and by your power was raised to glorious life. Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. Eternal God, we believe that all truth derives from you and that all knowledge has its source and its end in you. We, whose vision is limited and whose knowledge is partial, wait now upon you, for we stand in the presence of ultimate realities where knowledge falls short and in our, our frailty we lean as children upon a father. We give thanks for the quest for truth, which is nothing less than the quest for you, for deceit and falseness and error cannot live in your presence. To know you is to know the truth, and to seek for the truth is to seek for you. We give thanks for those who have set their faces steadfastly towards the light and who have walked by the light that they have received, who were determined to follow the truth wherever it should lead, and who have dedicated their gifts to causes greater than themselves. We give thanks for men and women of integrity, those who have displayed their own way of fulfilling the call to work, their commitment, and who by their lives have challenged us to seek and follow the narrow way that leads to knowledge and to life itself. And so we give thanks for our friend Chris, some of us because he was a comrade, a fellow pilgrim towards a common goal, some of us because he taught us much, he gave us confidence, he gave us his time and his opinion, and because we could trust him and we knew he was loyal. And we remember too, as he would want, people who mourn today, some laying to rest their children, some the victims of oppression, famine, civil war, the current pandemic, of racism, of sectarian politics, of crime and negligence. In Beirut, in Yemen, in Brazil, mourners weep for loved ones. With them we feel the sharpness of death. For those who mourn today, we pray that they shall be comforted. Remember, Lord, all who cry to you from death's dark gates. Do not forget those whom the world forgets but raise your faithful ones to the gates of heaven.
The first time I can ever remember the song, We Shall Overcome, it was sung by those who were mourning four African-American children who were killed in the bombing of a Sunday school uh, way back in, I guess it was the 60s. And it was a shocking and yet a life-affirming and a faith-affirming song anthem that they took. And often we remember we shall overcome and sometimes it seems that a group is feeling triumphalist when they sing that. But the Black Lives Matter movement reminds us of the force and the strength of that faith and that solidarity. And we remember that there are further verses. We are not alone. Deep in my heart I do believe we are not alone. We shall all be free. Deep in my heart I do believe we shall all be free. And we shall live in peace. Deep in my heart I do believe we shall live in peace. Let us again pray. God of peace, you brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant. Show us the peace we should seek. Show us the peace we must try to give. Show us the peace we may keep. Show us the peace you have given and make us what you want us to be through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory for ever and ever. Amen. Go forth into the world in peace, be of good courage, hold fast that which is good, render to no one evil for evil, strengthen the faint-hearted, support the weak, help the afflicted, honour all people, love and serve the Lord, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the blessing of God be with you, the blessing of the Creator, the blessing of the Son, the blessing of the Spirit, now and forever. Amen.